Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Guys, we got a lot to get into right here. We're going to talk some college football, Heisman hopefuls. Uh, you guys are going to talk to a Heisman hopeful, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, we are uh, very excited to talk to Jordan mm -hmm. Travis, who is going to lead us uh, to one of the biggest games of this season, going to try and lead Florida State. Back to the promised land. They made big strides last year under Mike Norvell and now heading into year four for him. Big time stuff to prove there. But, Dad, before we get to Jordan Travis and what's going to go on in this game, we got a chance to talk with him about this upcoming matchup, about this upcoming season. We saw over there on the board, high up on the list, third best Heisman odds in this season tied with Cade Klubnick of Clemson and Sam Hartman of Notre Dame, who jumped up in yes, odds did. after yep. their week mm -hmm. zero win over Navy. So, a lot to get into with Jordan, but Dad, they also play in the ACC that's making some news right now. Pete Thamel over at ESPN just reporting that sources say ACC presidents and chancellors have voted this morning to extend invitations to Stanford, Cal, and SMU to now push the ACC to 18 teams. So we had all the hemming and hawing. We know that was a meeting that was supposed to take place Monday of this week, but because of the shooting on North Carolina's campus, right. they moved that meeting, understandably so. But now in the meeting here, and again, the presidents and chancellors, the people who really make who all these the decisions show. around right, college right. football, now extending the invite to those three teams who we've heard, Dad, have offered to take massive right. pay cuts. Right. And in SMU's case, not take any money for the first number of years of this deal so that the revenue boost for the current members of the conference would be there. We'll still wait to see how that money shakes out with the details, but... Now we have Cal, Stanford, and SMU joining what I've seen many dub the all-coast conference. Yeah, it is. How about it? Just a matter of what coast, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so 
Another interesting twist of this is, remember, Florida State had started speaking up, you know, about, hey, we need to distribute the money differently. And also that there were six or seven teams maybe exploring uh, the, the, the possibility of leaving the ACC. There is something in the deal, the money deal, media rights with ESPN, that if the ACC falls bef- uh, below a certain number of teams in the conference, our ESPN can pay them less. They'll get less money. Yep. So this is a way to, to bolster by three more teams to maybe offset if there are some teams that leave. So uh, you figure this was going to happen. I didn't think the ACC was going to be saying no to this one. So it's just a matter of jumping through now the hoops to finish this thing up. We talked about it with the Big 12. More is better if you're not one of the big two conferences yep. in the Big 10 and the SEC. Those details we were talking about, Pete Thamel uh, went on to explain. Cal, Stanford, and SMU. SMU is expected to come in for nine years with no broadcast medium at revenue. That is amazing. They told ESPN. And both Cal and Stanford are expected to receive 30% shares of ACC payout. The money being withheld is expected to create an annual pot of revenue between 50 and $60 million for the rest of the conference. Some of that will be divided proportionally among the 14 full-time members... And Notre, and Notre Dame. Dame. With other portions ah. being put in a pool designated for success initiatives that report programs who win. And Dad, that's quietly been, I think, a lot of the background conversation on this is some of the clever accounting to make sure that teams like Florida State, teams like Clemson, the bigger brands that have wanted to feel yep. a little bit more of the love looking at their TV deal and not necessarily liking how it stacks up compared to the Big Ten, compared to the SEC, now going behind closed doors and saying, hey, we feel like we're carrying a lot of the weight around here and we want to see the money that comes along with that. But MSU, no money. No, no money for the first nine years. And now some of these teams, you know, they've talked about Stanford, the endowment, the, endowment the money in other had, places they can count on right. this coming from. Right. But that is a, a real admission by the powers involved of – the worry of being left out. Yeah, don't be left out. Get in somewhere by hook or by crook. Get there just so you have a home. Yeah, you've, you've yeah. got to find it, find an excuse or find a way right now. So again, uh, according to Pete Thamel over at ESPN, the ACC chancellors and presidents voting to extend the invitations to Cal, Stanford, and SMU to join the conference. That would be 18 full-time members, 17 football playing right. members, since we know Notre Dame, a member in the other sports, not a member in football. We will wait and see, but that will start as soon as next year right. as the college football realignment roundtable continues to spin. Let's set it aside for a second and get to our conversation with Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis about his upcoming season and big game this weekend here. Very excited to welcome in uh, Florida State starting quarterback Jordan Travis getting ready uh, to kick off the opening week of college football and Jordan, first and foremost, before we get to you guys playing in, I think, the crown jewel of week one in college football as far as matchups we got on the slate here, you're just wrapping up training camp number six. I did five of these things. What's it felt like being the old man at training camp? Uh, It feels good. Um, Opportunity just to go out and be a seminal was a blessing from the man upstairs, going out on the field and taking it with my boys every single day and just working hard. Obviously, camp is a, it's a lot of hours every single day. It feels like you're there all day, and you go to sleep, and you're back the next morning at 6 a.m. So, I mean, it was so enjoyable. I just got done telling the team um, that this was the most enjoyable camp for me I've ever had, um, not because it's my last one, but because just, just seeing the guys grow and the bond getting closer and closer every single day is, is a blessing. Um, so, yeah, every opportunity I have to go take the field with my boys is, is a blessing, man. 
you think this is the closest team you've been on as far as the way you feel with the other guys in the locker room? 1,000%. Usually you get tired of people if you see them all day long, but I, I, I see them the next morning. I'm, I'm so excited to see them. Um, you have a smile on your face, and you want to go to work for guys like that, and you want to work with guys like that and compete with guys like that. So, yeah, man, this is the closest we've been. What do you attribute that to? Is that something you guys did differently in this offseason? Is it the mix of leaders you have? What gets you to that point as a team? I say it's, it's a little bit of everything. I feel like it starts up top with uh, our coaching staff. Um, they make us feel so loved and make this game fun. At the end of the day, it's football. Football is a game. Um, yeah, it's our job, and we got to go out and work every single day. But they make this – it's fun. I mean, you can't be here all day and everything be all serious and can't joke around, can't have a smile on your face. I mean, it's football. We're playing football. This is a game we played since we were four or five years old. So you always have to enjoy the game. But, yeah, man – I would just say it's a little bit of everything. The leaders are doing a great job of just stepping up every day. Um, I mean, it starts up top. I, like I always say, I, Coach Norvell does a great job of just making this this game fun. So I think it's – I give a lot of credit to him. Well, and, and for you guys going into this season, I feel like there's a lot of good energy around the program. You had such a promising 2022, and now in the ACC, everyone's talking about you and Clemson in the same breath as far as teams that could or should win – this conference, how's it been for you guys managing those expectations now? Because I'd imagine that's a little bit different than what you've dealt with in years past here. Uh, we always have to keep the same mindset. Uh, we know where we came from. Um, we know exactly where we came from. I've been here for going on my fifth year, man. We were down in the dumps and talked about as, about as the worst team in the ACC and in college football. Um, I feel like we've always stay, stayed level-headed no matter what, um, all the highs, the lows. Um, but it makes you who you are today. We're a strong team. But the best thing about this team is the people we have. Um, it's a bunch of hum humble, very humble people, um, which is really special. You don't see that across the country, um, how they treat people every single day. And I think that that shows on the field. Um, we're always just level-headed. We know who we are. Um, at the end of the day, we're, we're football players at Florida State University, and we want to represent this university well and the coaching staff well and each other well. So we keep a level head, man. We always have that chip on our shoulder and go out and work. You mentioned some of the low moments there. I was there calling a game in 2021. You guys were playing against Louisville and ended up starting off the season 0-4 for the first time since the 1970s at Florida State. And I remember walking to practice that Friday. I got to go watch you guys out there. And I was amazed. And I've always told people the energy around that practice, the way that you guys were attacking things, you wouldn't have been able to tell that you guys were 0-3 up until that point. And so I'm curious when you got to those low moments because there were a lot of people saying things about your coach and Mike Norvell on the outside, a lot of noise. What did he say to you guys in those low moments to keep everything on track? The same thing he always says. Uh, coach Norvell has never changed. Um, from the first day he got here, he has never changed, and I stand on that. Um, no matter what, 0-3, 0-4, we're 5-0, whatever it is, Coach Norvell is always going to be the same person. He's always going to coach us hard and love us really hard. So, I mean, no matter what, nothing changed with Coach Tarvell and this team. I mean, we just had to get our head on right. Um, that same Sunday, every single Sunday after a loss or win, we're in the, in the weight room squatting, and that shows a lot. You don't hear guys complaining when you're 0-3 and you're in the weight room and we got, we're squatting and we're benching and we're doing that type of stuff. You don't hear guys complaining. You can tell that it's just going to take a little while and we're going we're gonna to change it around. And we all believed in him and believed in this coaching staff and believed in each other, so was there. You mentioned this coaching staff and part of that for a while. He's no longer here on the team with you guys anymore, but I've seen and, and, and heard it written a lot about your relationship 
with Kenny Dillingham, who was your offensive coordinator there for a couple of years, is now the head coach at Arizona State. Why does he mean so much to you? What was Kenny Dillingham and yours relationship in your football journey? Yeah, that's probably one of the closest coaches I've ever had in my life. Um, at the end of the day, he has changed my life around and my confidence around and how I walk around with my head held high. Um, when I was going through a lot, um, that first, I believe it was the first year they were here or second year they were here, I was going through a lot of ups and downs, got booed at Notre Dame, all that type of stuff. No matter what, Coach Dillingham believed in me since day one. Um, I went in their room, um, I think it was the first or second day they were there, and I told them I could play receiver. Um, they shot that down right away, and, man, they just instilled so much confidence in me, um, who I am as a person. Um, I couldn't thank him enough. I still talk to him until today. He always sends me notes in the, ma- in the mail, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, man, Coach Dillingham, he's a really special person, a great coach. But the best thing about him is he really cares about the person before the player. And I always think that's important when it comes to coaches, but you can't find that across the country. So, yes, sir. That's incredible. And, and I think the fans at Arizona State certainly got to be fired up to hear that about the guy that's going to be in charge of helping resurrect that program. Let's look at this year's team because in college football now, it's so different from when I played there with the ability the portal can have to help impact the team each year. You guys got big production from transfer players last year in the portal. And this year, you guys bring on a few more here. Jaheim Bell comes over from South Carolina. Keon Coleman uh, comes over in this receiving group. How do you as a leader and a quarterback on this team go about helping guys get acclimated really quickly to your guys' culture here at Florida State and how you do things? Well, yeah, first I give props to the coaching staff once again. They recruit guys that are going to fit in this locker room um, because, like Coach Norvell says, Florida State is not for everybody. Um, we work our tails off every single day, and we have to have a positive and consistent mindset every single day and be the same person. So I give them kudos because they recruit great people. So these guys come in here, and they're just they're, they're themselves, and it's very easy, easy in this locker room. Because you have guys, like I said before, the brotherhood in this locker room is like no other. Um, I've been places before and I've been here before where the locker room has not always been like this. So the guys come in, they feel comfortable. And I always say like within a week, those guys make out of their shell and they're themselves, man. So yeah, as a leader, I mean, our jobs are just to help those guys feel comfortable because you know, I know how it feels when you transfer over to a new school, you always don't feel comfortable, man. You always feel like everyone's looking at you differently. Um, But with this team, I mean, we have leaders that are just really special and just make you feel like you're supposed to be here. And you guys have a lot of big-time names that people are expecting great things out of this year. Obviously, you know, starting with yourself, but Trey Benson in that backfield, Jared Verse on defense, Johnny Wilson in the wide receiver room. As you guys have gone through camp this year, have there been any guys that have stuck out to you, either on your side of the ball or that you've gone against on defense, that you think people aren't talking enough about heading into this 2023 season that are going to be a big reason why you guys are successful? Um, yeah, the one guy, I mean, I, I can go on and on about every single person on this team is that everyone had their moments in camp, but I mean, Jaheim Bell, Kyle Morlock, I mean, Destin Hill, Keon, I mean, Keon has stood out to me a, a lot. I mean, he's just the work ethic that he has, um, man, he just comes to work every single day. He's a freak athlete and makes big time plays. Um, on the defensive side, I mean, all those guys, Daryl Jackson, I mean, he's huge, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he bats a lot of balls down. We got freaking Brandon Fisk. I mean, I can go on and on, man. These guys are just hard workers. That's what I love to see is just a bunch of guys that come in. Yeah, like they might have all these accolades and preseason stuff, but no matter what, they're themselves every day, and they just come to work. I mean, we know confidence comes from the work, and 
That's how we do. So you guys are, as I said at the beginning of this, in one of the premier matchups of the early college football season, going up against LSU, a rematch of a game that you guys played last year, was one of the most exciting games of the season, and we got it so early on. What do you take away? Obviously, every team's different every year, but what do you take away from that matchup with LSU last year that you think uh, helps, or especially for the guys that weren't around for that one, that you're trying to communicate about the team you're getting ready to face? Um, yeah, I mean, they're a great football team on both sides of the ball and have a great coach. But at the end of the day, we, it all comes down to us. Uh, we always talk about focusing on ourselves. Um, we're, we believe that we are the only team that can beat ourselves. I mean, it comes down to little mental mistakes and stuff like that. So we're just trying to get all that corrected, man. Focusing on us um, and just be our best every single day. We're going to take it day by day. Um, we got practice tomorrow night and meetings later in the day. So we're just going to focus on that right now. Um, just get as much knowledge as we can because knowledge is our greatest talent. So just trying to grow that every single day. Um, the mental aspect of everything, I feel like practice is a lot harder than games because Coach Norvell pushes us so hard. And he gets he, he curses us out a little bit, so we get uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, yeah, Coach Norvell does a great job. So, man, just focusing on ourselves, take it day by day, and when it gets here, get ready to roll. All right. Uh, it, it's, it's so true, and it's the mindset that – so many people don't understand. It sounds cliche from the outside, but it's the only way you get through a long season like you guys have and have the kind of success you want to if you've got that myopic view of how you're going to approach all this. It makes total sense, and I know we're really excited to watch you guys cut it loose for that reason. Before I let you go here, I want to get you out here on a couple of quick ones, just looking at your team in this upcoming season. I want to start off. You mentioned Coach Norvell a couple of times and just how steady of a force he's been, what he's meant to your guys' program. What's something people don't know about Mike Norvell? Maybe something funny, maybe something we see behind you guys see behind the scenes that we don't, that people should start to get to know with your head coach. Um, I mean, I just always say he's, he's a really special person. He's a great person. He always comes off as a serious guy on the sidelines and all that type of stuff. But the guy really cares and loves his team. Um, one thing, like Coach Four said last night, he's been a part of playing the NFL for 10 years, had coaches before. He's never had a coach sit there and tell his team that he loves them and he appreciates them every single day. So I just say Coach Norvell, man, he's a great person, and he truthfully cares about the people we are and what we're going through in life. Um, he's preparing us for life after football, which is really special. And like we, we're so blessed to have him. We couldn't be more thankful. It's an incredible testament to the man he is leading your team, no doubt. I'm sure he'll enjoy hearing that uh, from you as well. Looking out at the rest of your team, we talked about some of the guys that impressed you. I want to know of your guys' team, who's the biggest trash talker in the Florida State locker room and who's the best at it? Uh-huh. Uh, we have a couple. I would say that most of them are on the, de- I mean, all of them are on the defensive side. <laughs> um, I would say Jared Verse talks probably the most. I mean, it doesn't always make sense, but he definitely talks the most. Um, yeah, Jared, uh, Jerry and Jones, I would say he's probably the best at it. But yeah, we have a, we have a bunch across, across the defensive side. And I would say that one on the offensive side is probably, uh, Keon. Keon talks a lot, talks a lot. 
wide receivers and defensive players talking smack. I, for one, am totally shocked. Um, (laughs) For you guys, you have one of the best, I think, pregame atmospheres in college football. You know, the flaming spear in the middle of the field, all that pomp and circumstance. Outside of your guys' home environment here, what's been your favorite environment that you've gotten to play at in your college football career so far? Hmm. I would say I enjoy playing at Boston College a lot. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was my first game I ever played in at Florida State. I don't know if it's that. I just I love that stadium. I feel like I mean, we always play there in the cold. I'm not used to playing in the cold, so it's a little change up. But yeah, I just feel like the atmosphere is, is just it's it's really cool there. Just the city, the people are very respectful and nice. So yeah, I enjoy that place a lot. Man, I have uh, I've played a lot of games up there. I always said the metal bleachers in there really retain the smell of alcohol coming from the student <laughs> section really well. So I always felt like I could smell it coming off them, especially playing up there at night. It's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting stadium. Last one here, uh, and everyone defines this differently. For you, what does a successful season in 2023 look like for the Florida State Seminoles? Um, I mean, obviously, we want to win every single football game we play. Uh win the play in front of us. Um, but the main thing, like I said before, is just focus on the day in front of us. Uh, continue to be great people. Continue to treat the janitor the same as you treat the AD. Continue just to walk around this city with your head held high no matter what's going on and a smile on your face. Um, it's God's great and God wakes you up in the morning just be your best every single day. So, yeah, man, it's, it's to win every single game and just to continue to grow as people and players. Awesome stuff, man. Jordan, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great season, and uh, I think everyone's excited about what you guys got coming up ahead of you here one play at a time. Thanks so much, man, and best of luck. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Awesome guy to talk to. Great leader for a great program, getting to play in one of the biggest games of the weekend. Coming up next, we will look at the three biggest games of this week one of college football next here on Gojo and Golan. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. All right, the countdown to the start of the NFL season is officially on, and we are more than ready here at DraftKings. So here's what's coming your way on DraftKings Network to get you ready. Football needs to hurry the heck up. We couldn't agree more. This is your invite to a jam-packed week of preseason shows featuring our brightest football minds. We really need to talk about this. Yeah, I'm down to do that. Join us for our hurry-up house party. Tune in and ball out as our hosts drop fantasy, betting, and fan need-to-knows. That way, you'll be more than ready at our live Thursday kickoff show from Kansas City. Watch all the shows on Samsung TV Plus or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Starts Thursday, August 31st on DraftKings Network. 
Guys, we're not quite there yet. We still have some college football to talk about, okay? We're not, but we're close. Yes, that gets me excited every Woo! time. I don't uh-huh. think it looked like we were all talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Excellent work. <laughs> I, for one, showbiz baby. am shocked. That is that <laughs> showbiz baby. Um, yep. Guys, this is also showbiz. Very excited. So we've got week one. Started off last night. Some exciting games we've gotten to talk about. We talked about some of the big performers going into this weekend. Right. But let's get to some of the favorite games that we've identified here. This is going to be the first of our weekly series, our college football weekend preview, brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. And there's going to be some dog fights this weekend that we are very excited to check out in this. Let's start off now. We're going to make picks for these games, too. I can't pick this game because I am on the call yes, on radio. Right. For North Carolina, South Carolina, the home of college game day for week one, mm-hmm. Darius Rucker we had on yesterday, right. going to be the honorary captain for South Carolina, going to sing the national anthem. Dad, North Carolina, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. They come into this game ranked, South Carolina unranked, in their first meeting since the 2021 Dukes-Mayo Bowl. So you called that game, TV game, Dukes-Mayo Bowl, that is a game, why don't you tell everybody what you did in the booth for that game? That's the, the shot heard around the world. The thing that I will probably leave my time at ESPN most known for is dunking an Oreo in mayonnaise, eating it on air, and pissing off the entire country of Australia and Dion Warwick. Dion Warwick was really mad with you about that. Miss Dion, uh, I don't know if she's forgiven me. Yeah. We need to reach out to her people and see if we can mend fences on the other side of this, because I'm probably going to do some weird mayo stuff again. Mayo Shane just... Beamer got the mayo bath after yes. that game. They dumped a tub of mayonnaise on him, and we talked to him about that. He's like, you don't really know what to expect till that mayonnaise hits you. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a different thing. No mayonnaise bath on the line in this game. This is the Duke's kickoff classic. It's going to be a Bank of America in Charlotte. Uh, last year, I believe, this was Georgia and Oregon that right. played in this game. But, Dad, this season going into this game, we mentioned North Carolina, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Drake May, one of the names up there with Caleb Williams for the potential number one overall pick in the draft. You've got Spencer Rattler, yeah. who his three-game stretch to end last season yeah. has a lot of people excited about if he can finally live up to the potential that we saw all the way back in, I think, QB1 was the show. The one thing, yeah, does that carry over those three games, 1,000 yards, 68% completion, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, Drake May going to play without a, a, one of the transfer-wide receivers. Uh, yeah, Tez Walker, it looks yeah. like, as the NCAA has decided to enforce a bunch of the different waiver rules all in the sudden, one-time huh? transfer rule, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. unfortunately, transfer wideout Tez Walker looks like he might be a victim of that, might not be available I am that. so fascinated. Now, we'll see how much he's in there, but with the true freshman South Carolina has, Nick Harbor, <sighs> true freshman, 6'6", 245, you figure tight end, wide receiver, 10-200. You see that, that on Twitter, that, that film, that, that video of him running the 100 against guys he's, he's twice the size of and, if you, and beating them. If you haven't seen it, go look up. This is number one. Bruce Feldman puts out his freaks list every yes. year of the most physically impressive lads in college football. You rarely get a freshman up near the top. He is number one on the freaks list this year. And that video of him running against all those poor, hapless little non Unreal. So we'll see how much he gets involved in the game. I'm going with South Carolina in this one. All right. South yeah. Carolina plus two and a half. Yes, I am. I'm picking South Carolina. I'm picking him to, uh, to win. It's, it, man, this one is really tough. And again, I can't pick it. Right. But I will Do say not. is both sides have big questions to answer. North Carolina along the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage. Can you stop anybody? Because last year, Drake May, like Caleb Williams, spent a lot of time running for his life in those games. 
And Spencer Rattler's group on offense loses a bunch up front on the offensive line, loses a bunch up front on the defensive line between transfers and players going on to the NFL. And so can they manage it? They got a really good young secondary going up against a North Carolina wide receiver core that lost its best weapon in Josh Downs last year. That connection between him and Drake May was really important for a Tar Heels offense that looked really good and then sort of everything fell apart for them at the very end of the season. Yeah, I mean, listen, th- these are obviously two teams that are going to lean heavily on the quarterbacks yeah. from week one to the last week of the season. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm going to go South Carolina for the straight-out win. All right, there we go. Dad's got South Carolina winning straight up. Uh, again, minus 2.5 for UNC on DraftKings Sportsbook. Dad, let's get to game two. This one is kind of the oddity on both sides, really. TCU versus Colorado. It's Dion's first game at Colorado. They're 20 and a half point dogs taking on TCU. 53 transfer players coming in for them, we know, but also plenty of change on the other side for Sonny Dykes and TCU. Yeah. Losing Max Duggan, their Heisman runner up, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller, their offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley. So, how do you feel about this one? Well, I mean, listen, last year. Colorado was somewhat at a 1-11 season, lost by, what, 25 or something yeah. like that, right in that area there. As we mentioned, both sides losing a lot. TCU the normal way, Colorado by basically Deion Sanders, just everybody get out. You know, I'm bringing in my own players. This one is, is not, a, not a hard pick on who will win. TCU is going to win. Colorado is going to struggle this year. But I'll say this. Mm? Spread is 20 and a half. I'm going to give the point. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to take those points. All right. Right. So I, I think you're going to De- say chaos theory that enough newness. Deion Sanders is going to try some wacky stuff right out of the gate. He's going to be that showman. He's going to have some trick plays. And I think they'll keep it closer. So I'll, 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 I think it'll be less than the 20 and a half. All right, I'll go on the other side of that just for fun, and I'll say TCU figures it out. Chandler Morris, by the way, who's going to be the starter, for those who don't remember, was the starter going into last season for TCU, right. suffered an injury, and then Max Duggan takes over and winds up as your Heisman runner-up. So that's certainly going to be interesting to watch. Can he reclaim that same form under Kendall Bryles now, who comes over as their offensive coordinator from Arkansas? Dad, last one here, LSU versus Florida State. We talked to Jordan Travis. LSU, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Florida State won 24-23 last year in a game full of special teams mistakes for LSU. Missed kicks, a bunch of snafus. That's why, Dad, I'm going to take LSU, and I'm going to give the points on this one. I think how appropriate would it be for them to win by a field goal after last year's game marred by special teams disaster? And and I'm going to take Florida State for the win in this one. I look at the rushing by both teams, one running back, one quarterback. Trey Benson last year for Florida State, 15 yards on six carries, but he really kind of broke out after that. So can he get it going for them? And we talk about Jaden Daniels, a quarterback for LSU, threw for I think a little over 200 yards last year, but ran for 114 yards on 16 carries. So him carrying the ball, how dangerous as a former D lineman, the danger of of a quarterback being an effective runner can really put some stress on your defense. Yeah, a lot of people going to have eyes on Jared Verse, the guy who's expected to be one of those top 10 draft picks on the edge for Florida State, having to corral a guy like that on the perimeter. And then, listen, on the defensive side for LSU, this is where I think the game is won for them. Makai Wingo, unbelievable player inside. They're going to be without one of their starting D tackles, Mason Smith, because of his suspension. And then Harold Perkins, rocking a single-digit number this year. If that doesn't shift that man's Heisman odds, I don't know what can. But LSU kind of known for their DBs, especially cornerbacks going to the NFL. Two transfer cornerbacks here, uh, Zai Alexander and Deuce Chestnut. 
So how quickly do they assimilate to the new team, you know, and going against the passing offense of Florida State? So that could be an interesting area on the outside. Both teams have been portal mavens here. Jaheim Bell we talked about with Jordan Travis. Keon Coleman coming over from Michigan State. Dynamic playmakers to go along with Johnny Wilson's gigantic self already in that wideout room. Going to be a real one. I I mean, the over is live in this game too, I think. 56 and a half points. I would be on the overside. Life's too short to bet the under. Here's what cannot be uh, overestimated for first games. No matter how much you practice, you haven't played a live game. If teams can put together 12, 13, 15 play drives of how that will wear out the other team's defense. And that's going to be interesting for Florida State this year. They were one of the best big play offenses in college football, sputtered in the red zone. If they can make improvement and be average in the red zone this season, their ACC hopes and dreams, their college football playoff hopes and dreams are absolutely alive and well. Those are three of the biggest games in college football coming up this weekend. Coming up next, though, I want to take a look at an interesting situation that we have yet to get to Mm -hmm. in the NFL. The Jets have been a live dog on hard knocks this preseason, but we had a little bit of a scuffle, a kerfuffle of sorts, (laughs) between Aaron Rodgers and one defensive player taking umbrage with him and Randall Cobb's actions. Next, here on Gojo and Golick. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, before we get to Jahad Ward versus Aaron Rodgers, let's take a look at the 2023 College Football Hall of Fame class that got announced yesterday, Dad. We've started to hate college and NFL in the Hall of Fame classes that make me nostalgic for my childhood, the guys that were big-time players when I was coming up in my most formidable years. And this is an absolute stacked clash. Eric Berry, Michael Bishop, Reggie Bush, who is the best college football player I have seen with my own two eyes, Dwight Freeney, Robert Gallery, LaMichael James, Luke Keekley, Jeremy Macklin, Bryant McKinney, Michael Stonebreaker, Notre Dame's very own, mm-hmm. Tim Tebow, Troy Vincent, Brian Westbrook, D'Angelo Williams, coaches Monty Cater, Paul Johnson, Roy Kramer, and Mark Richt also getting the nod there. I mean, pound for pound, yeah. one of the strongest classes you'll ever see. And I know you always have the story about Luke Keekley, who was an incredible college player. Then oh, my God. going to be a Hall of Famer in the NFL as well. Just how smart he was. Luke Keekley is one of the best defensive players. I, honestly, him and Mark Herzlick, both linebackers at Boston College during my time at Notre Dame, those guys would have walked on water. But I, I'll never forget, we're playing Boston College my senior year, and they weren't a great team. We were better than them. We should have been winning that game. 
and Luke Keekley is sitting over there on defense, smart, smart as a whip, calling out every play. We're still running and getting success, and he would get up frustrated after every play, looking at his teammates, going, guys, I'm telling you exactly where the ball is going yeah, to go, yeah. and we just laughed because the rest of the players weren't as good as Luke right, Keekley, right. so there wasn't much they could do about it, but I will never forget, we had a play we'd just put in for that week. We had not shown it on tape before. It was a fake off of one of those wide receiver tunnel screens where you throw it to a wide out and he comes back in towards the middle of the field and we were going to have our wide receiver pitched to a running back that was flaring out of the backfield, like a little razzle-dazzle. Luke Keekley beeline straight for the wide receiver, runs right past him without even breaking stride as if he wasn't even there and tackles the running back for a six-yard loss and then gets up and dusts himself off and goes about his way. We had not shown the play before. We had not run that play all season. And Luke Keekley looked and said, oh, no, I know exactly what time it is. That guy was just built different physically, but from the neck up, one of the most intelligent players we've ever seen. And that obviously showed very much in yeah. his NFL career. He's well. one, one of the best I've ever seen as his toughness and then diagnosing plays. I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, might be, be self-serving for my family. But one of the names you mentioned, Michael Stonebreaker from Notre Dame linebacker going into the College Football Hall of Fame. And let me start by saying, well-deserved. Absolutely. He should absolutely be in the College Football Hall of Fame. But I'm sitting here now going to kind of push for why my brother Bob is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. My brother Bob was a two-time All-American at Notre Dame, his last year consensus, won a national title in 1977. And quickly, Michael Stonebreaker was a two-time consensus first-team All-American, won the title in 88 as well. And as I said, completely deserves to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. But my brother Bob was also a two-time All-American, won the 77 title, was the uh, MVP of that bowl game against Texas, and Earl Campbell, the Heisman Trophy winner, is second on the all-time tackle list at Notre Dame behind Bob Crable, is tied for a single-season tackles in a game with 26 tied with Bob Crable, Bob Crable, who also deservedly in the College Football Hall of Fame. How my brother Bob is not in the College Football Hall of Fame, I do not know, and I don't know what the process is, but he is without question more than deserving to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. That was my family rant there, but I think a justifiable one and deserve it for him to be in. Yeah, no, I listen, totally understandable, and I know this has no bearings on the College Football Hall of Fame portion of right, these things, right. but doing all of that while also being an All-American wrestler, wrestler at Notre well. Dame as yeah. well. So yeah. a two-sport All-American yeah. guy, absolutely deserving of that. Completely agree. <laughs> it's... It is a nostalgic class overall. We're just coming off on Netflix, the Swamp Kings documentary right. that I thought did a really poor job of looking I back at those Urban Meyer Florida teams, yeah. but yeah. did remind you of Tim Tebow. I remember talking to guys that oh. played against him at Florida State that said when Tim Tebow ran over by the sideline, that guy looked and felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof on the football field. He was a force of nature Incredible. out on there. And him and him, Reggie Bush, two of the premier names in the sport in my adult lifetime. Uh, one of the great classes going in, and I will still always hold it against Reggie Bush for the Bush push beating Notre Dame. So I know. Well, I, will, over I was supposed to be at that game. Yes, you were. My high yep. school football team was supposed to play. So we were small Catholic school in central Connecticut and because of a town ordinance, we didn't have lights at our field permanently because there's a neighborhood right next to it. They would have had to sign off. We got them to agree to sign off on us bringing in portable lights so we could play on a Friday night. We normally played, forget Friday night lights, we played Saturday, Saturday afternoon yeah. sunshine, yeah. which is lackluster and deeply emblematic of Shitty. the sports relevance yeah. in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we had finally gotten them to sign off on a Friday night game. And so that was the weekend of the Notre Dame-USC game at the Bush Push. 
And so I was all set to go out to that Notre Dame game with you guys and then torrential downpour Thursday and Friday in Connecticut. They couldn't bring the portable lights out onto the field. And so we had to move the game to Saturday. I missed that game and thought, you know what? I've been to plenty of Notre Dame games before. Right, right. I'll be plenty of more Notre Dame games. At that point, I'm starting to get recruited by them. Things are looking like they might go pretty well. And then we get what might be the most important college football game of the Mm -hmm. 21st century that happens in that time period. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Why do you ask? But how you handle Notre Dame games, it wouldn't have been pretty if you were in the stands for that. Oh, we, we had a buddy of ours who was on the JV team at the time that went out there and said, when that touchdown got scored and they were so it was... The ball went out of bounds, remember, at the five-yard line. Matt right. Leinert fumbled out of bounds, right. and everyone thought the game was over. They had to pull people off the field. And they said when they lined them back up and we had that bush-push moment, you could hear a pin drop in yeah. that stadium. Yeah. It was so eerily silent. Real ones, remember, it was really Dwayne Jarrett's fourth and eighth catch. That, that was the culprit of that game. That was a play after, before they cheated oh. and, and, and did the bush-push. Just because the water boy's a <laughs> cheetah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, congratulations to, Hall, to that Hall of Fame class incredible group of deserving entrants both as players and as coaches let's get to a little beef before we finish this off in the nfl we've talked about in hard knocks aaron Rodgers. there was a clip from the most recent hard knocks of aaron Rodgers going back and forth with giants defensive lineman jihad ward who got ticked off and aaron Rodgers hit him with one of those lines that's tough to come back from he pushed him at the end of the play aaron scores a touchdown later and chirps because i don't even know who you are yeah to which ward responds i think it got caught off guard there and said Well, I don't know who you are either. And, yeah, it's like, and, okay, and, yeah. nobody's buying yeah. that one. I hope Have a safe flight. Yeah. You a nice too. try. Yeah. yeah, you God. too. And then it got worse because then Jihad Ward was saying that, oh, that Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers were laughing about Bobby McCain's injury, which was kind of so, a crazy reach there. Yeah. R- Rand- Randall Cobb had a, here's a, the quote from, from Ward. Yep. It said Randall Cobb had an illegal block that, mm-hmm. that ended up, you know, having the receiver. Concussing Bobby McCain. Uh, Bobby yep. McCain had to go in the, in the concussion protocol. And Aaron Rodgers was critical right. of Randall Cobb after the game. For that he block. Said, that well, was that, not on camera. Yeah. He said right. that hit would have been legal back in the day, but you're a veteran player. Why, why were you doing that? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So Ward thought that Cobb and Aaron Rodgers were laughing in the huddle at the injury to yeah. his teammate. So he said, I was going to stand up for my teammate, to which Aaron Rodgers was like, he's making some of this BS up. Because we we were we wouldn't be laughing about that and 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 I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb the benefit of the doubt to say they're not going to be in a huddle laughing about somebody about getting an injury. Hurt. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that was yeah. definitely uh, a reach. Yeah. We'll, we'll say and and then Jihad Ward trying to bring it out and being like, we'll see them in week eight. Like, let's go. We're yeah. going to come out. Yeah, be careful basically. what you wish for. Yeah. Number one. But the other thing I'll say is if Ward truly felt they were laughing at his oh, teammate, yeah. then I don't mind him, you know, but five seconds after a play, a light push isn't really sending a message that I'm mad at you for laughing at my team. Well, I was going to say, you came yeah. from a defense that might have handled things a, a little bit differently, differently yeah. back in the day, yeah. so your love language isn't necessarily that, but they also weren't finding guys for merely breathing on the quarterback that, like they do yeah. now, so yeah. Ward trying to protect his pockets yeah. while also trying to have his teammates back, and that's something I won't begrudge him, it's right? exactly right. He saw it happening one right. way like that. Right. He responded because he thought they were slighting his teammate, making light of his situation, that ticked him off. 
I got no problem with that. No, but I'm agreed. with you. Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb have been around way too long. They yeah. have played way too much yeah. high-level football. And I think have enough respect for what it means to be a part of this league where I don't think they'd be openly mocking but, a hurt. But, uh, but going back to the line, I don't even know who you are. That's tough, man. How do you, how do you, it's like... I was a horrible trash talker. Yeah. When somebody hit me with a real good line, I would be like, uh, 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 F you. That, that, that would be my comeback. That's, that, a that's death it. blow. You that, can't come back that, to that. That's it. I, I know who you are. Yeah, it's exactly right. How do you, but to say I don't even know who you are, I was like, God, come yeah, on, dude. Yeah. It, it really gave me shades of Avengers Endgame there. Aaron Rodgers is Thanos. I don't even know who yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he found out the hard way. So yeah, maybe that is a bear thing that bodes well for the Giants <laughs> coming up later on. But coming up next, we've talked about some old timers. we got a comeback in the works here. Ken Griffey is back. Sort of. We'll explain next. All right, let's finish up the week here on Gojo and Golik with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into the weekend. College football, all back in our lives. Don't move. Order snacks to the house. Oh, my god! Be just a feral creature. Or eat the leftover donuts Jesse brought in. Yeah, That's we're going to be, um, please bring donuts home. Bring them, yeah. uh, got a lot you of know, donuts. send them somewhere. A lot I, of donuts. We have too many leftovers. A lot of donuts. Yep, exactly. Uh, we have, uh, there's no such thing as too many, but well, we that's as true. close to that yeah. as humanly possible. Uh, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, <laughs> review. Leave us that five-star rating. You can check us out again every week from now on, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, live on DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and DraftKingsNetwork.com. And I'm sure we are just getting started with all the places you're going to be able to see and hear us. And while you're doing that, you can also support the people that support us. Our friends at Knock Around Sunglasses want to make sure that this weekend when you're out tailgating, enjoying college football or some late season baseball, that you look good and are protected from the sun with a great pair of shades. Knock Around is the go-to for quality polarized sunglasses that aren't going to break the bank. They've got the first nine teams of their MLB package out here now. Teams like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Mariners, the Astros. So don't be the person squinting into the sun mm -hmm. worried about getting sand in your overpriced sunglasses. Head to knockaround.com and get great looking polarized shades starting at just $28 and use code GOLIC for free shipping on your order. Dad, Jesse, let's get to this, that, and the third. We love a good bit of pettiness. Don't we all? There's a lot of bad feelings in Wisconsin about Aaron Rodgers, who we just talked about in that right. last segment. One pub is putting it on wax. Jack's American Pub in Milwaukee is set to offer free drinks anytime the New York Jets lose this upcoming football season. Now, like anything else, you got to kind of read the fine print on this. Tabs have to be open 15 minutes before kickoff. The promotion does not include food. The offer only applies if Rodgers is starting and if the Jets game does not coincide with the Packers game, which mm. makes sense as it would be wow. a very busy time in that Wisconsin bar. So, wow. as always, you got to read the fine right, print. Right. But in general, I appreciate the sentiment. I always love a good promo. I think that's <laughs> phenomenal. Are you Smart. kidding me? It's a, uh, listen. It's a, it's a great promo. And understandably, Jesse, they're upset their long-time relationship, and now they see Aaron having a great time with his new girlfriend. They're like, okay, this ain't right, so let's, let's figure out a way. We're mad about it, but let's figure out a way, you know, to make a good promo to get more uh, more people in drinking. And if you go through that fine print, um, the overlap scheduled to occur four times this season. So four opportunities for fans to get out there and get some And features. you know what nobody ever does? What? Read fine print. Right. Who people has are ever read the fine no. print? Oh, yeah. Well, people are going to be showing up. <clears throat> it's going to be so annoying And then they're the thinking they're going to get everything taken care of. Oh. And they're going to say, no, no, no. There's, that, it's, yeah. like, it's like Willy Wonka. 
Read the fine print, right? <laughs> you get nothing! You yeah. lose, sir! <laughs> Good day, sir! <laughs> Oh, uh, he killed a lot of people in that movie. Yeah, yeah it's a really dark about It really is. It's a movie about murdering children. Shit, it's a movie about killing we're children. We're supposed to be laughing and loving, and yeah. that, I, you know, I started ripping Rudolph later on. Yeah. I mean, how mean the dad was, the coach was, Santa. Open I mean, your seriously. Eyes. A lot on, of That's people. why we are so traumatized as a generation, the millennials. Talk about like, it. Yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of our children's stuff yeah. that we grew up on had very dark undertones. Oh, we're going to be breaking all that down. Can't transfer mm-hmm. generational health, wealth because home ownership is so difficult to come by now, and we're all dealing with generational movie trauma. Yep, yep. generational <laughs> movie trauma. Man, it is difficult. Yes. By the way, favorite promotion, anytime you have a two for blank deal on Powerades at the gas station, I could be getting ripped off. I have no idea if I'm actually getting a deal. But, you're but the it. minute I see two for yep. X dollar amount for yeah. Powerades, I always buy two. Every time, Powerade, Gatorade, because all you can be a sponsor. Um, anytime you got a two for deal on I'm a BOGO guy. Yeah, oh, 100%. One. Yeah, I'm a BOGO guy. Buy one, get one free. Yep. There's no better deal than that. Nope. Uh, well, someone who is uh, never doing anything for free mm. is Ken Griffey, who is still getting handsome paydays from his playing career, but also has found his way back to the diamond in a very interesting way. Yeah, so he was spotted working as a photographer uh, Wednesday night, snapping pics actually for an MLS match uh, between Inter-Miami and Nashville SC. This is hysterical because it comes after a lot of stories about how Randy Johnson yes. also on yep. the sidelines taking pics. And look at everyone in the crowd is like, oh, you're here yeah. taking photographs? <laughs> My man, a legend, Ken Griffey Jr. Obviously, he does this because it's his passion because, like you said, it's not financially motivated. I mean, he is still earning a salary from the Reds. That, that, that is amazing. I love the fact that he has the fluorescent media vest. He has on. to. He's oh, pre- I know. He's a paid photographer. That is a, like, yeah, like, he's a credentialed yeah, member he's credentialed, of the press. Yeah. I mean, at, at any point in any baseball place, should Ken Griffey Jr. need to wear or have any type of well, but that So that was, an, that was an MLS match. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was an Inter-Miami match. Yep. But imagine, like, contextually, because you're right, if you're in a baseball game, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. and seeing him might not be something you're shocked by. Seeing Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, I mean, yeah. seeing Randy Johnson, you're always going to recognize him because he's gigantic. Well, that's right. exactly right. Randy and you're always going to relive the day through the ball and kill the bird. You Never know, forget. One time. But to have a, him have the vest on Birder. with the NFL logo on it. Bird murder. Birder. Birder. Bird murder. Bird murderer. Birder. A birder. Yep. But it isn't. What, what's with the photography? What, what, I, I mean, Randy Johnson is like serious, serious well, into it. And you know what? Like, I've seen some of the stories done on Randy Johnson take some good pictures. We need to see if Ken Griffey's actually good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's one thing. Because we just assume, oh, they were really good at this one thing, but we know it doesn't automatically make you viable in your next career. I mean, Elon Musk made great robot cars and has a very terrible app now. So one does not necessarily beget the other. I just want to see if he's actually snapping his is, is every picture a picture of Messi? Uh, probably. That is yeah. also a smart move right there. Right? Ride the messy train. Yeah, also, yeah. I got to say, because you just brought up the Randy Johnson bird murder thing, um, he has an official photography website because he does this, you know, for work now. Is it called Birder? And, no, the logo is a dead bird. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, no. It's upside down bird and it's dead. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if he's got a photo series of just dead birds. Dead birds, yeah. Probably. That, 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 a little dark. That but. video still just blows me away every explodes. time I see it. just explodes. Of the, the perfect time. We had that, that one guy do it recently yes, warming we up in the bullpen. We had someone do Burger. that. We had a, a ball hit uh, that, that hit a bird as well. So... Yeah, the birds got to learn. I mean, <laughs> seriously, you got to learn. What are you doing out, out there, there, man? Oh, so now you're going to blame the bird? Yes. 
Victor you're going to see with Burr and Burr and Burr, like a lightning strike. Listen, mm-hmm. it, when Randy Johnson hit that bird, do you think there are other birds around the stadium? Do you think yeah. they saw that and said, you know what we need to do? Stay the hell away from that area. Yeah, well, no, listen, it just I, I think you're ascribing yeah. an awful lot of thought to an animal that probably doesn't have as much. I, and plus, we popped that stadium in the middle of their hood, right? Like, yeah. this is area that used to belong to the birds. Well, it's just like when the animal gets killed crossing the street. Or the other you animal, blame the animal? No, I'm saying if you're another oh, animal wow. and you look on the road and see your buddy laying there flat, you know what I'm not doing? Crossing that street. I don't did, know if they have sh- deductive reasoning like that. Yeah. Did I'm going to give them the benefit at the beginning of, the of Bambi. I'm I gonna- will say I am a uh, on that subject the person who would swerve my car into a tree to avoid anything in the road. My, me and your mother were driving down a road in South Bend and we saw two animals getting close to the road. My mother, your mother made me pull over. Yeah. She got out of the car and chased them back. Yes. So they would, she goes, I could not live with myself. I drove back later and they're laying in Thank the Thank you street. for your service. Yeah. Apparently yeah. you went back later without her and, and did those animals lives. That's not, that's not, that's not nice. Segment. That's By the way, there's nice. Randy Johnson. That's unbelievable. The Randy Johnson logo. photography. That is amazing. Logo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, mean, wow. Guys, Perfect. both wow. of them have a lot of money. Someone playing in the World Series of Poker might also have a lot of money. Let's get to the third here. As we got the World Series of Poker getting ready to kick off the championship in Las <clears> Vegas <throat> with the largest prize pool in poker history announced at $40 million. It went, the record the year before was $15 million. It went from 15 million, of which the winner got 12 million, to 40 million. We keep talking about the sports that are flush. Poker is flush. Inflation, man. Right now, yeah, it's it's for us all. It's, you know, I, I it, want, that 40 million really doesn't go as long. It doesn't as you go think as far. Yeah. I, Taxes. I so much wish I could was good at poker. Our agent, Lou Oppenheim, his wife, Fern, is an incredible yeah. poker player. Cutthroat. I, I want that. to play poker. I mean, I know the hands. I just don't know the, the skill of when to bet, how to bet. Oh, yeah, reading check, people, when, like exactly. pseudo counting cards exactly. at the yeah. table. I want to do it so bad. And a lot of times when you go, they don't let you stand there and watch because I'd like to watch and learn. Uh, but man, $40 million purse to play some cards. It's a beautiful thing. I'd be terrible. I have no poker face. You guys remember when I would try and lie to you guys as a kid. Yeah, I just didn't yeah. have it in me. Mike would get a pair of kings. He'd look at, oh, everybody, oh, I'm out. I'm man. out. And one of those. <laughs> yeah, I just, I get excited. You were yeah. a bad liar yeah. as a kid. I barely you ever That's were. good, though. That means yeah. being a bad liar is good. We had to hold our, our, our face all the time until he'd tell a story. We knew he'd lie, walk away, and then just start laughing. He'd probably turn around and turn himself in. Yeah. Like I was like, like you, Jesse, I had I got a red card at school. I got in trouble. I came out. I told him I had one yellow card. Then 15 minutes later, I came back. I actually got two, and it counted yeah. as a red. And yeah. finally, I got a straight red card. Yeah. I had to go to detention. I'm so sorry. We're so sorry about how this show ended. Still download, subscribe, rate, review. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys Monday.